Dear friends, welcome to the second message related to Matthew 5, verse 2 to 12, commonly known as Jesus' Beatitudes. And may God enable us and bless us as we examine his word there in Matthew together. Now Jesus is the chief of all prophets. I call him the master teacher. Not only with regard to the content, what he teaches, but also to his method, how he teaches. As you go through Jesus' teachings in the Bible, you'll notice that he loves to teach in surprising contrasts, often puts white against black, or good versus evil. And we see that also in this astonishing scripture of the Beatitudes, there are some amazing contrasts that we would usually not combine together. For who of you would call someone blessed? The word blessed you find there in these Beatitudes and every opening word that means supremely happy. Would you call someone blessed who is poor or sad, mourning, or someone who is hungry and the word is starving. Wouldn't we call blessed those who are rich and well-fed or laughing and in a nice condition? So that's a surprising contrast in the Beatitudes. And the second amazing thing about these Beatitudes is not only the contrast, but that Jesus knows how to say something very profound in a very simple way. What Jesus accomplished in the Beatitudes teaching is really unequaled. For he has united in these seven statements all his people scattered over all ages of the world history, over all the cultures in one, in one picture, even though there is enormous diversity among them all, he is able to unite them in these seven statements, identifying his people by the essentials. Jesus has innumerable followers throughout all the ages, and they are incredibly diverse. Just think of how different are the Ancient Eskimos, hunting and fishing, uh, compared to the modern generation Z with all their technology and their wit. I mean, how far apart can they be? I mean, many of his followers can't even properly read or write. While others of his followers are writing books, are developing software, are doctors with PhDs, invent rockets. And yet, Jesus is able to describe the common denominator of all his kingdom people among all that diversity into one set of seven statements that describes them as they are. Yeah, and even if the world would last for another 6,000 years or 10,000 years, and even if our technology would advance beyond what we today think 
It's possible. The Beatitudes do not need to be updated or they do not need to be adjusted. We do not need to have any addition to it to describe the character of the citizens of the kingdom of Jesus and the kingdom people that are on their way to the kingdom of heaven. And that is an amazing accomplishment. Here, just on this mountaintop, as he sits here with all his disciples surrounding him, teaching them, uh, he also proved himself, and that's another amazing aspect of Jesus as a teacher. He proved himself well in able to connect with his hearers where they are. Uh, most of the Jews that are sitting around Jesus Christ at this moment at this mountain as well as his own closest disciples, are people who were filled with wrong expectations. Their idea of the expected Messiah was wrong. They were somehow looking for a reinvented David figure who would chase away all the nasty Roman soldiers out of the country of Israel. That was their expectation. These people expecting that. And what they met in Jesus didn't match their expectations. This Rabbi Jesus, who speaks about another kingdom, never called for a rebellion, didn't organize an armed uprising, didn't raise his voice in any way to stir the people uh, to action. No, he came as a prophet. He came to preach. He came to bring a message. And not only did he come as a prophet to preach a message that was unexpected, he also came as a king, but not as an earthly king. He came to deliver uh, his people from something far worse than the Romans were. The enemy of pride. The enemy of hunger to power the enemy that, that destroys everything, selfishness, greed, anger, unbelief. Now, these are the things this king came to deliver us from. Now, thirdly, he also came as a priest and as a sacrifice to make atonement for sin. And that aspect of Christ, totally foreign uh, to the Jews that are here around Jesus. So not only their thoughts about the king was way off. Also, their ideas of God's kingdom differ greatly to what Jesus is teaching. Jesus says somewhere in Luke, my kingdom doesn't come with outward bells and whistles. It's not in material things and buildings, in parades of armies and soldiers. My kingdom is an inward change of heart that obviously leads to an outward change seen in a godly lifestyle. Uh, so nothing of these material things, nothing of these secretive organizations, nothing of this undermining of the current political leaders, nothing of that in Jesus' kingdom. No, his kingdom is a personal devotion of loving God above all and every neighbor, no matter how unliked he might be, you love them as you love yourselves. So in Jesus' kingdom, 
the heroes and the stars. They aren't the military strategists. They aren't accomplished businessmen or athletes. They're not the handsome-looking actors who can entertain everyone. No, they are not. They are not those who stand tallest among men. But who then are the kingdom people? These beatitude people. They who bow the deepest. They who quietly and humbly and joyfully serve their fellow men out of a love to God. That's Jesus' kingdom's teaching. Now it's clear from how Matthew ends uh, Jesus' sermon and describes the end of the sermon that Jesus was able to connect with his hearers. And Matthew writes, And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people astonished at his doctrines, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, literally, this means they were struck out of themselves for a while. They were awestruck. They were amazed. They were dumbfounded by what Jesus is teaching us in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, before we move into the worm view to examine the details of Matthew 3, verse 12, I once more in this lecture want to take the bird's eye view of the entire Beatitude section. Uh, it's always very helpful to have an overview of the general character and the structure of a passage before we take it apart line by line, and sometimes even word for word. So let me begin with making first three general observations about the section we call the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, verse 3, beginning with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, until the last one, verse 12, in which Jesus speaks about rejoice. Now each of these Beatitudes has a strong and purposeful emphasis on our spiritual being. Now, that's why the word be attitude 